A vegan superhero is a new breed of athlete. Stronger, healthier, and driven by purpose. Vegan superheroes wage war against society's status quo and win. Vegan superheroes battle the forces of evil that profit from the suffering of others. Vegan superheroes take a stand for what they believe in and prove the haters wrong. If you ask the meatheads and clueless fitness gurus, they'll tell you that what we're doing is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. Vegan superheroes inspire change, spread compassion, challenge the status quo, and fuel the revolution. Our mission is to help you become a vegan superhero. Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. Hey, what's going on? My name is Leif Arneson. I'm joined here by my co-host, my brother Anders. What's going on, man? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome to the Vegan Gym Podcast. <laughs> I like that. I, I had to. Maybe you should redo I, the I, intro. I never get to do the intro, so I just yeah. wanted to do the intro. <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, I hope you've been having a great week. Um, and for those getting back in the gym, I hope that you're being safe but loving it. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of you, uh, well, over the entire world, things are opening. So it's just being safe and uh, crushing your fitness goals and um yeah dude it's been pretty sweet for us to get back in the gym hasn't it yeah it feels it feels weird to transition back to like normal life after we've been like all in lockdown but um like this this has to happen we have to get back to normal life yeah things are going to look different yeah we should be taking precautions like wearing masks and using and washing our hands consistently which is something you should have been doing previously as well. But if you haven't, you should especially be doing that now. And just like transitioning back to normal life is um, kind of something that we're all going through. Um, and the gym is kind of one of those things that um, that's uh, starting to become a, I guess not an issue, but a, a thing that we're all trying to go through and figure out and stuff. So uh, that's exactly what we really want to talk about in in this episode. So in this episode, we're specifically going to cover four keys to crush your fitness goals after quarantine. And these are really kind of the four main focuses uh, that Honors and I think that you should have and keep in mind as you return to normal life post-quarantine, especially when it comes to the gym. And Honor, as Honors just said, we, um, we just started going back to the gym uh, it's been pretty rough in in some aspects, but it's also been really cool. So uh, I know that you just hit deadlifts like this I, past I would, week. I would How'd say as a whole, it's felt amazing. Uh, I think the only thing that's kind of uh, taking away from the experience is just knowing that you have to build back up to where you were pre-quarantine. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's just like a mental battle that you have to deal with, but it's, it's something where you know that as long as you take the right progression, you're going to get back to where you were. And knowing that you're going to be crushing your fitness goals instead of just kind of like um, being in the moment saying, oh, this stinks. Like, why am I here? It's like going with a mission. You know, it's like that's what I've been doing. I've been enjoying it. It feels really good to start moving my body again. Uh, but yeah, of course. I'm, At least lifting weights again. You you have been moving your body. Right. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but yeah, lifting, in the heavy, gym environment. <laughs> lifting heavy weights again, like specifically in the gym environment. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to feel a little... Uh, weird for all of us as we get back into that and honestly like this the past uh, week that I've been working out in the gym I've felt kind of weak I've felt a little bit unmotivated because it's been kind of playing with me mentally like I can't hit the same weight that I was hitting pre-quarantine and stuff but I know it's a process like you just said I know it's something that you have to just build back up and that will actually happen relatively quickly so we'll talk about um, we'll talk about that in uh, in a few minutes but the first key that I really want to cover um, is just setting your health and fitness goals. So 
I think it's really important to actually go into the gym with a mission, especially after taking so much time off. You, uh, there will be a a tendency to want to just go to the gym, kind of go through the motions, uh, and that's probably going to make you feel. Uh, unmotivated, not really interested in sticking around in the gym. Maybe you go a few times and then you're like, wow, this is really difficult. I don't want to stick with this. It's so important to have a clear vision of why you, what are what you are trying to accomplish, why you are in the gym. And uh, that really comes down to goal setting and having very clear established goals. So we generally recommend following kind of the guidelines of the uh, SMART goal methodology. So if you don't know what SMART goals are, uh, it's an acronym and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. And I don't personally think that those are exactly the best words, not all of them. Um, especially the word relevant in my opinion. So Anders and I kind of adapted these, um, these, these five different focuses that you should have for your goals. And we created what we call the five secrets of killer vegan fitness goals. So I just want to briefly run through those. And I want you as you're listening to this, to think through the goals that you really want to set, the things that you really want to accomplish and go through and check off all of these, uh, different um, aspects of the the goal setting process and make sure that your goals are really uh, meeting all of these characteristics. So the first one is make your goals ambitious. So really what we consider to be possible or impossible in our lives is actually very rarely a function of our true capability. It's more likely a function of uh, our beliefs about who we are. And you have another level. You have another level for your health and fitness. You have another level for your life. You have another level for your relationships and your career. So it's very important to set ambitious goals that might push you outside of your comfort zone, that should push you outside of your comfort zone, and uh, really show you what is possible for your life. So that's number one. Make sure that your goals are ambitious. Number two is make sure that your goals are specific. So as the saying goes, if you don't know where you're going, then any road is going to take you there. So if you set goals like, oh, I want to lose weight. Oh, I want to be a little stronger. Hey, I'd love to build some muscle. Those aren't specific enough to really set yourself up for success. And if you're setting those goals, your plan is not going to have any structure or direction because there is no specificity behind the goals that you're setting. That's one of the biggest things that uh, I, when I'm talking to people and what I see is uh, that's what holds them back from actually uh, putting in the work and feeling accomplished when they leave the gym yeah. uh, is because they're just like, Oh, like, like you mentioned earlier, it's like, Oh, this is a chore instead yeah. of like, Oh, I have a mission. This is exactly what I'm going to be trying right. to accomplish. Yeah. And I'll give you an example of what this looks like after we finish this. But, um, yeah, the if you go in and you say, hey, I'd love to lose some weight, and then you just like walk on the treadmill a little bit, and you're like, okay, I'm kind of done this. I'm going to go lift some weights, some, do some bicep curls, and oh, I'm feeling pretty sore. I'm going to leave the gym now. Right. It's like if you're going in with no direction, no purpose, you just have some vague idea of what you want to accomplish, guess what? You're not going to accomplish it. So it's very important that you set specific goals. Number three, make sure that your goals are achievable. Uh, I said before that you want to make ambitious goals, but at the same time, you also want to be realistic in the goal setting process. If you are too unrealistic with your goals and you say, Hey, I want to lose a hundred pounds in the next month. 
uh, if you have even 100 pounds to lose, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to not achieve that goal. And that's going to uh, really kind of mess with you mentally. And you're probably going to give up. So set, uh, that's an extreme example and, and a little silly, but make sure that your goals are achievable. So that is number three. Number four, make your goals measurable. So um, I love this quote, uh, in life we get what we inspect, what we measure, not just what we expect. So it's very important that you're able to measure progress towards accomplishing your goals. And if you set a very specific goal that has a number, you can go through the process of tracking that number over time and analyzing your progress based on uh, how things are moving forward towards accomplishing those goals. All right, number five, uh, give yourself a deadline. So it's incredibly important that you have a clear deadline of when you want to accomplish this goal because uh, maybe you want to lose 20 pounds. Well, that's a great goal and it's pretty specific, but if you don't know the time frame that you're trying to accomplish that, it's probably never going to actually happen in your life. So if you give yourself a clear deadline of when this needs to happen, then you can create the right um, the right program, the right structures, the right things in your life to ensure that it happens, uh, by that deadline. So here's an example of a really kind of lame goal that I, I talked about earlier. So it's this goal, uh, simply I want to lose weight and there's, that's great that you have that ambition to lose weight and you're not just like sitting on the couch and saying, screw it, but that's really not a, that that doesn't give you any clarity, any purpose. It doesn't give you any drive to have uh, a, a really kind of lukewarm goal like that. So goals like I want to get healthy or goals like I want to lose weight or I want to build muscle or I want to build strength, they're all way too general. And if you've been setting those kind of goals in the past, then it's really no wonder why you haven't gotten the results that you're looking for. It's simply because you don't have any clear direction and because you don't have any clear direction, it's difficult to cultivate the commitment required to accomplish those goals. So let's compare these two goals. Goal number one, I want to lose weight versus goal number two, I will shred 25 pounds of body fat in the next 90 days to radically transform my health and confidence. So both of those goals have the same overall objective to lose weight. But the second one is far more powerful because it uh, it really checks the boxes of all of those um, things that uh, we talked about earlier. So is this goal ambitious? Yes, burning 25 pounds of body fat is pretty ambitious. And most people can sustainably lose about one to two pounds of body fat per week. So in that time frame, that's, uh, that's uh, ambitious, but also doable. Is this specific? Yes, losing 25 pounds of body fat is very specific. You have a clear number and you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Is this achievable? Yes, uh, shredding 25 pounds of body fat in 90 days uh, will be challenging, but it is achievable for pretty much anybody who's following the right exercise and nutrition program. Um, and is it measurable? Yes. You can go through the process of tracking the amount of body fat that you're losing every week and seeing whether you are on pace to accomplish your goal or whether you're falling a little bit behind and need to start stepping it up. Um, and then lastly, is it bound by a concrete deadline? Yes. I want to burn 25 pounds of body fat in 90 days. So you have a very clear understanding of what timeline you want to accomplish that goal within. 
So those are the kind of goals that you want to be setting. Change your goals from things like I want to lose weight to goals like I will shred 25 pounds of body fat in the next 90 days to radically transform my health and confidence. It's far more powerful and you'll note that even on the kind of end of that second goal, I added a a little bit more behind of, of the like the reason why behind uh, that goal, like why I want to accomplish it. Okay, so what exactly are your goals? That's something that you need to be thinking about as you're heading back to your normal fitness routine, you're trying to get back on track with your health and fitness goals. I would recommend setting one to three health and fitness goals uh, that follow this goal setting framework. Um, I think that's probably what you'd recommend too, like one to three. Um, If you start setting like seven, 14, a hundred goals. You're going to get like, so overwhelmed. Yeah, you're going and to get. You're going to be pulled in all different directions. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to know really what you need to be focusing on. So one to three health and fitness goals, and they should matter a lot to you. So even if it's just one goal that matters a heck of a lot to you, uh, that's that's all you need to really uh, have kind of the purpose and bring the. Um, kind of the dedication to your training and nutrition that are required to really get back on track with things. Okay, so um, in in my own life, like I've been working on kind of setting my own goals to focus on building my strength back up to my pre-quarantine levels and also beyond that. Uh, but I've also been um, figuring figuring out how I can pay like particular attention to some uh, muscle groups uh, that I feel like are lagging in my body, uh, particularly kind of my chest and also focusing more on my abs. So I've uh, in the last two weeks, I've gone through the process of developing a new workout routine to make sure that happens. And um, I am working on week number one of that workout routine uh, this week. So um, anyways, that's, that is kind of the first key that you really need to be focusing on. Um, setting your, setting very clear health and fitness goals, uh, is going to give you, um, kind of the, uh, the clarity that you need to really move forward and, uh, get back on track. All right. So key number two, be smart and start slow as you're getting back to the gym. So the only thing worse than a closed gym, because you're stuck at your home uh, because there's a pandemic going on uh, would be having open gyms that you can't go to because you injured yourself. So don't jump <laughs> right back. Terrifying. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone cringe when they heard that too. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's like, that's, that would even be worse. So don't jump right back into lifting the weight that you were lifting pre quarantine. Uh, so we want to kind of build that up. If you haven't been lifting any weights in the last few months, um, your body needs a little bit of a, uh, a period where you're just kind of, uh, slowly increasing the weight and, uh, getting back into the swing of things. So, um, also you can lower the intensity on any aerobic activity if you took a few months off from that as well. So I'm not just talking about weightlifting. But uh, specifically with regards to weightlifting, I'd recommend that you start with about 70 to 80% of your previous working set weight if you're just getting back into weightlifting after taking a few months off. So you might feel like you can do more in the first week. Um, You might feel kind of pumped up to attempt to do more. Uh, I probably wouldn't recommend that for most people. I would just focus on uh, getting back into the routine, not 
pushing yourself really hard in terms of how much weight you're lifting, but focusing more on just nailing your form. Uh, you can increase your target rep range a little bit, just do more reps with lower weights. Uh, but I wouldn't jump right back in and try to attempt the same amount of weight that you were lifting pre-quarantine. Uh, your body, maybe your body could do it, uh, but it's probably not the best approach. So just be smart. You don't want to get injured. Like let's, uh, let's take a few weeks to, uh, get back into the groove of things and, uh, let our body kind of, uh, warm back up to our normal working set weight. Um, so you can, and you can kind of just feel that out through your warm up set. So as you're going through the process of warming up for your workout, maybe you're warming up on squats because you have a leg day, uh, just kind of feel it out, see how, uh, the weight is moving, see how your body's feeling, um, and just kind of check in with yourself in that respect. So that is key number two, just be smart and start slow in the gym. All right. Key number three, I think this one is probably going to be, uh, the most helpful to some of you, at least, um, kind of with, uh, relieving some of the kind of mental anxiety and possibly frustration. So key number three is don't get discouraged. Your body is actually going to help you get back in shape. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some science uh, kind of behind this because I really just want to set your mind at ease and, and show you that uh, your body truly is going to help you get back in shape. So don't worry, uh, your muscle, your strength, your aerobic capacity, it's all going to bounce back and it's going to bounce back uh, relatively quickly. Um, and one of the main reasons, uh, that is, is because it's harder to, uh, lose muscle than, than most people think. Okay. Most people think, Hey, if I take a few days off from the gym, I'm going to start, uh, losing tons yeah. of muscle. I'm going to start <laughs> shriveling up and be like super weak and stuff. Um, it's for one, it's more difficult to lose muscle than you thought. And for two, you're also going to regain whatever you lost much faster uh, than you did the first time around. As long as you have the right nutrition. <laughs> as long as you have the right nutrition, the right training program, but uh, you will regain that lost muscle mass uh, relatively quickly. Um, and that's due to a phenomenon called muscle memory. So muscle memory is thrown around in a few different contexts. Uh, the context that I'm using this in is specifically uh, related to the process of regaining lost muscle and strength. So what exactly is muscle memory? Well, uh, muscle memory describes the phenomenon of uh, muscle fibers regaining strength and size faster than when you initially gained them. So it's kind of like riding a bike. Like it, it took a lot of time, effort, probably frustration, scraped knees and stuff to first learn how to ride a bike. But then after that, you can pretty much ride a bike for the rest of your life. Even if you take a few decades off from riding a bike, uh, you can probably get back on a bike and uh, be riding around in uh, very little time. So it's kind of the same thing in, in regards to how your muscle, uh, how muscle memory works. So specifically, how does muscle memory actually work? Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, skeletal muscle and how your body actually builds skeletal muscle and, uh, and that will reveal the power of muscle memory. 
So skeletal muscle is made up of long fibrous chains that contain proteins. And these long fibrous chains are uh, muscle cells. And uh, so they're called either muscle cells or muscle fibers. Uh, but they're basically long cylindrical cells that are about 50 to 100 micrometers or microns in diameter, uh, which is about the diameter of human hair. And you have thousands of these bundles of fibers uh, that make up your muscles. And muscle cells are really unique uh, cells in your body because they actually contain multiple nuclei. And that's they're known as myonuclei. And those nuclei basically carry the DNA that controls the, uh, the construction of new proteins in your muscle. So these nuclei are responsible for basically determining the size of your muscle cells. And the more nuclei or myonuclei that you have in your muscles, the larger your muscle cells can grow. So you can kind of think uh, of these nuclei, uh, uh, these, these, the nucleus of these cells, uh, kind of like a little brain. And these little brains uh, can only handle so much information and they can only handle so many functions at a particular time. So if you only have one nucleus in your muscle cell, then it can only do, uh, it can only grow a little bit. It can only handle so much information. It can only uh, tell your muscle cell to grow so large. But when you have when you have multiple nuclei in your muscle cells, they can actually grow significantly larger. So the, the secret to actually building uh, your muscles, one of the main secrets is uh, the process of adding more nuclei to your individual muscle cells. So how does your body actually add more nuclei to your muscle cells? Well, the muscle growth process, which is also known as hypertrophy, actually begins when you exert force on your muscles. So this force is known as mechanical tension. And basically when you exert mechanical tension on your muscles, whether that's with a resistance band or with um, uh, like uh, deadlifts or, or barbell exercises or dumbbells, whatever you're doing to exert resistance on your muscles, um, when you kind of exert that mechanical tension on your muscles during a heavy resistance workout, you're creating uh, tiny tears in your muscle fiber that are known as micro tears. And within this context, those micro tears are actually a good thing. Uh, that's the process where you kind of damage your muscle uh, with doing workouts and then your muscle will rebuild itself to become stronger and, uh, and also larger. So in response to this micro tear damage, uh, the injured muscle fibers release inflammatory uh, molecules called cytokines that activate the immune system to clean up the uh, dead muscle fibers and initiate the, the process of repairing that micro tear damage. And once that kind of cleanup process is finished, uh, your muscle fibers activate satellite cells, which are located on the outside of muscle fibers or muscle cells. And uh, those satellite cells typically uh, remain dormant under, under normal conditions when your body is not uh, trying to repair micro tear damage. But when it is trying to repair micro tear damage and it activates those satellite cells, uh, those satellite cells fuse onto your muscle fibers or muscle cells and serve as a source of new nuclei to supplement the growing muscle fiber. So with the addition uh, of these new nuclei, the muscle fiber can uh, synthesize more proteins uh, using amino acids, which are basically the building blocks of protein, and that increases both the size and strength of your muscle. 
So after activation and proliferation, a portion of the satellite cells uh, will return to dormancy where they can uh, replicate and prepare for the next uh, process of repairing microtear damage. But uh, this is where the process of uh, muscle memory kind of enters the picture. So once a satellite cell has donated one of their nucleus, one of their nuclei to a muscle cell, it stays there for good in the muscle cell, according to a 2018 meta-analysis published in the Journal of Medicine and Science in the Sports and Exercise Journal. So if you stop training your muscles for a few weeks or months, you will eventually lose strength. You will eventually lose muscle size. But what you won't lose are those additional myonuclei that you worked really hard uh, to uh, build into your muscle from all the training that you've done previously. So that is what makes it possible to rapidly regain muscle and strength. That is uh, really the, the science behind the phenomenon known as muscle memory. So to summarize, even if you lose muscle and strength, you're not going to lose those extra nuclei that you uh, added to your muscle fibers from previous training. And that's why your body can rapidly regain muscle and strength. So as you're heading back to the gym, don't get discouraged. Your body is going to help you get back in shape because your muscles are basically primed to increase uh, their strength and also their size back to the point where they were previously in a relatively short period of time. Your muscles are already programmed to do that. You just need to give it the raw materials uh, and um, you, with your nutrition and also be sure to train in a way that uh, that that uh, creates more kind of micro tear damage and forces your muscles to uh, kind of regrow and uh, re-strengthen themselves back to their previous uh, strength and size. So that is key number key number three. That, like, whole, that whole process is just so fascinating. It is really cool. <laughs> so so understand that your body will try. Uh, is going to help you get back into um, uh, the the swing of things. It's going to help you get back to your previous level of fitness. So just go nail your nutrition, nail your training, like slowly ease into things, but still like bring the intensity, bring the, the dedication, the focus, and your body is going to help you uh, get back on track pretty quickly. All right, key number four is set your health and fitness routines. So we talked about setting your health and fitness goals in key number one, but as the saying goes, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So we need a plan. In other words, we need a routine. And most of us lost structure in our schedules through the pandemic. Like we had been going to the gym in the morning maybe, and then we go to work. And then we, we have all these things in our life where uh, we can just kind of set our schedule to these, these different things that we need to accomplish. But uh, most of us lost that structure in our schedules because uh, maybe we started working from home or something else happened where uh, the kids came back from school and they're no longer going into school every day. <clears throat> so we've lost kind of that structure in our schedules uh, through the pandemic. So to make sure that you stick with your gym routine and nutrition program, you need to prioritize those things in your schedule. You need to have a concrete understanding of what your schedule looks like, and you need to build in those health and fitness routines into your schedule to ensure that you do them every single day. 
So step number one, um, I just kind of have a, a few tips to uh, really create a schedule centered around health and fitness. And kind of my, my tip number one is to nail down your morning and evening routines. So the way that I look at it is your morning and evening routines are basically like the bookends of your day. And you need to, you need to figure out what kind of routines that you have to have every morning and night to really set yourself up for success. And I think that's particularly important for your evening routine. Uh, cause ev- as we've said multiple times before in the, on the podcast, your day starts the night before. So what evening routine can you really use to make sure what evening routine can you really follow to make sure that you get enough quality sleep, uh, to have a wonderful day tomorrow. Also like planning every day the night before is a really power, powerful strategy for ensuring that you crush every single day and get done all the things that you need to get done to, uh, move your goals forward as quickly as possible. So that's uh, kind of tip number one is really focusing on nailing down your morning and evening routines. Tip number two is scheduling the high priority habits that you absolutely must do every single day. So at the end of the day, the habits that you are practicing on a consistent basis will determine your future. So what habits are you really practicing in your life? You need to have a Uh, You need to really go through the process of nailing down the exact habits that you must be executing on a daily basis to move your life forward, uh, both for health and fitness, but for other areas as well. So uh, what kind of habits do you have in regards to exercise? What about nutrition? What about time with your significant other or time with your children? Um, What habits do you have around planning your day? Uh, What habits do you have around self-care or mindfulness or or self-love or whatever you want to uh, kind of call that? Um, What habits do you have around kind of work-related activities? What things you need to do to uh, excel at your job and work on getting that promotion or work on starting that side business or whatever uh, those kind of work-related activities look like for you. And it's not just enough to say that you have to do these things. You also need to know when you are doing them and actually plan them into your day. So it's not enough to say, oh yeah, I'm going to get to the gym. I need to exercise. When are you going to exercise? And when you go to the gym, if you have kids, where are the kids going to be? Are they at school? Do you need to have a a babysitter? Uh, You need to plan all these things out because if you don't know exactly how these things are going to fit into your schedule and how you're going to do them consistently without other things coming up, um, you're not going to get onto a consistent routine with these things. They're just not going to happen. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Yeah, quite simply. So, um, when are you going to go exercise? When are you going to prepare your meals, uh, for a few days? If you, uh, decide to do kind of some meal prep thing, uh, when are you going to do all of these high priority habits throughout your day? Uh, all kind of the, uh, the different categories that I just listed out, uh, previously or other categories that maybe I didn't mention that are, uh, really meaningful to you. So you have to go throughout your day and really schedule all of these things in. You don't have to schedule every single minute of every day and know exactly what you're doing. You can have downtime. You can have uh, a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of margin between things to make sure that uh, you're not getting behind. But at the end of the day, you need to be scheduling all of these main things that are going to be moving your life forward. And like particularly for exercise and nutrition, all those things matter. But for particularly for exercise and nutrition, those tend to be pushed off to the back burner for most people. 
Um, so how do we really prioritize those things? When are you going to exercise? When are you going to, uh, actually do your nutrition program? Because if you say, oh yeah, I'm going to get to the gym. This is my training program. And then you go through day number one, you're like, okay, well, I really don't want to work out in the morning. I was going to do that, but now, uh, things got too busy. So I'll just do it after work. And then you get home from work and you're like, I'm way too fatigued. I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not feeling like it. You're just going to get into a cycle of not moving forward with your, uh, training and same thing with nutrition. If you do not plan, these are the foods I'm going to be consuming. These are, uh, this is the grocery list of the, the things I need to purchase at the grocery store to set myself up for success with nutrition this week. Um, this is the time that I'm going to be, uh, spending a few hours in the kitchen, prepping my food for the next three, four five days. Uh, if you do not have those things scheduled, you are going to purchase the wrong foods at the grocery store that really don't, uh, help your, uh, fitness and health goals. You're going to be, um, not, uh, you're, you're not going to have any prepped food ready when you get hungry. And then you're going to reach for something that you, uh, shouldn't be eating for, um, for kind of your goals and stuff. You're going to so, be gravitating towards comfort and convenience yeah. and nobody wants that. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's what will happen with exercise, nutrition, all this stuff. Like if you do not prioritize these habits, uh, these will tend to be the things that, uh, that kind of slip out, uh, from your, uh, from your schedule. So there are lots of things that, that need to be accomplished, but too often, as honors just said, we, uh, gravitate towards comfort, towards easy things, towards, uh, the, the things that don't require effort. So how do you actually force yourself to do the things that do require effort that will bring you closer to the goals that you want to accomplish? So schedule those things in your calendar and, uh, and find someone to really hold you accountable in accomplishing those. So, um, those are the four keys. Uh, and to summarize, um, those four keys are key number one, set your health and fitness goals. Key number two, be smart and start slow in the gym. Key number three, don't get discouraged. Your body is going to help you get back on track with your health and fitness. And key number four, set your health and fitness routines. So those are really the four key things that you need to be focusing on as you're either getting back to the gym or uh, maybe you've been back at the gym for uh, a few weeks and you're just kind of struggling to get back on a consistent schedule. Those are our four key tips and I hope that you found them to be really helpful. So you have anything else? No, if you want to crush your health and fitness goals, follow those steps. Come yeah. on now. Take Let's action. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Take action. Crush your health and fitness goals. Let's get back on track and, uh, and just get it done. So hope you found this uh, episode to be really valuable and we'll talk with you all soon. See ya. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode to take the next step in your vegan fitness journey and get access to all our best content for free. Check out the We'll teach you everything you need to know to torch body fat, break through plateaus, build lean vegan muscle, and supercharge your health. Get started right now at theveganjim.com. Until next time, peace, love, and gains.